invite your attention uh, beginning at the book of St. Matthew, chapter number 12. St. Matthew, chapter number 12. And what you thought you knew looked for God to enhance or reveal a hidden mystery uh, in his word. Amen. You know, sometimes when we, when we are uh, in deep meditation or we are setting still, uh, sometimes God will reveal some things that's been before, the, before you all the time, but you never really grasp um, the depths of it. And this morning we want to pull the cover off of the word this morning and see some hidden mysteries um, this week or I guess the past couple of weeks. And the Lord showed me this. I'm like, wow. So I'm just going to pass it on. And we will, we will all go um, d- deep sea fishing. Amen. We're going to go deep sea fishing. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We ask now, God, that you consecrate your word. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would allow the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, that he will come and he will speak to us this morning. We pray, Lord God, for all ears to be open, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, for the spirit of man, that it will be open to receive what the spirit has to say. We thank you, Lord God, and we just praise your holy and righteous name. Now, Father God, we ask, Lord God, that you just take my mind, take my my, my vocal cords, Lord God, take take my thoughts, take all of me, expand yourself in me, allow me to decrease, and allow the Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, allow him to bring forth your word and teach, and God, that we will receive what heaven has to say. We thank you for it right now. This we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. We'd like to invite your attention to the book of St. Matthew, chapter number 12. St. Matthew chapter number 12 is where we want to begin. The title of our message uh, this morning is uh, Three Days and Three Nights. Three Days and Three Nights. Three Nights, Three Days. You know, when, oftentimes when we begin to, to, uh, begin to look into the Word of God and when we hear that message three days and three nights, automatically our mind goes to the fish, it goes to the whale, it goes to Jonah. But this morning I want to show you what the Lord showed me in a deeper depth of what that is really saying. Sometimes God will bring things forth and he will cover it to see whether or not we will begin to dig to see if we really are hungry or we really want to see what, what he is really saying or what he's trying to reveal. Now, in Matthew chapter number 12, uh, Christ had been, in a sense of uh, people, the Pharisees and the scribes, they were wanting to see signs. They were wanting to see signs. But what Jesus says to, to them is that the only sign that he was going to show them was the sign of Jonah. So when we look at Matthew chapter 12 and understanding that uh, in verse 38, it talks about how the scribes and the Pharisees are questioning Christ, and they are wanting to see a sign. They want to see something supernatural. They were wanting to see a miracle. But I love how Jesus responds to that question uh, and what they were asking to see, a sign. So in verse 39, Jesus says to them, 
He said, an evil and adulterous generation, they seek after a sign. You know, a lot of times people want to know, they want a sign. But here Christ says, an evil and an adulterous generation are the ones that's looking for a sign. In other words, prove that you're Jesus. <laughs> prove to us that your God is real. And in essence, that's what he's saying here. So, but then he says, he says, there should no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Now, Jonas has, uh, in the Greek, it has three definitions. It's, it's, it's called as a dove, also one he who oppresses, and also a destroyer. Now, in verse number 40, it's like Jesus continues to talk. Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God. Now, watch the power and the wisdom of God. See, we can say the words, Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God, but we have to really put the emphasis on it because Jesus, he is the, the power and the wisdom of God, who is the Father. So he is expressing the power and the wisdom of God. So in verse number 40, it says, this is Jesus talking, the power and the wisdom. You know, you got to catch the power and the wisdom when God speaks. He says, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, once again, we talk, when we think about Jonah, and we think about uh, uh, Christ, and we think about the resurrection, the three days and the three nights, and we immediately we go to the fish, we go to the whale. Now, when you begin to look up the definition of the whale, this is where my, my, my journey began. My journey began in, in, the, in seeing what was the Greek meaning of the word whale. Now, the word uh, whale, in the beginning you'll see it means a, 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 a large animal or a fish. However, as you continue to go through the, the uh, definition, the Greek definition of a whale, it says it's an vacancy. It also says it is an impassable guff. So when Jesus was talking about this whale, he wasn't so much actually talking about this big fish. That was a deeper mystery he was trying to reveal. Now, remember now that part of that definition is talking about something that's impassable. And it also talks about a guff. Now, say, okay, God, help me to understand about this guff. He also was talking about the belly of the guff or the belly of something that is impassable. Well, in the New Testament, uh, there the word belly means the heart of or the womb or the matrix where something is conceived or where nourishment takes place. So he's in the beginning, in the onset, he's trying to reveal to them something that's been revealed to them years and years and years ago, but they never caught it. In the heart of this gulf, something that is impassable. So let's go to St. Luke chapter number 16. St. Luke, we're going to look at this gulf. St. Luke chapter number 16. We want to look at this guff. Talk about this guff. Now, he's talking about this impassable guff. Okay? Now, in St. Luke chapter number 16, it, it starts off talking about uh, uh, a, a rich man, and, and he was uh, uh, 
clothed in purple. He, he was, purple represents uh, royalty. Also, it talks about Lazarus, who is a beggar. So there's a comparison of two people here. Uh, one has had much in his own lifetime, the rich man. Now, Lazarus, he was the one that was there uh, where the dogs was licking his sores. And he was there, you know, and they both died. Two things happen here. When, when the rich man d dies, he, he is, the Bible say he is buried, but he lifts his eyes up in hell. But then when Lazarus dies, they both go through the same process. When Lazarus dies, the Bible says the angels take him and they place him in the, the, the bosom of Abraham. And so the, the, the rich man, and you know, what gets me is in this text, I find that it wasn't really talking about the sinner man. And the reason why we say it wasn't really talking about the sinner man, because we've got a lot of folk of that pretense that say they are Christians, but they're not really Christians, okay? Because when he wants him to go back and he says, tell my brethren, go back to my house, tell my brethren, it is it's the body of Christ that's really addressed as brethren. We don't address them as a brother or a, a natural sister or natural brother. We say brethren. So, so it's hot where he is, and, and he's, asking, he's asking that Abraham, when he sees him, the Bible says he sees him from afar off. He sees Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham. He sees him from afar off, and he is in total agony. He's in agony. He wants them to be able to first cool his own tongue because he, he's in torment. But it's, is it not ironic where it says there in that scripture, he could see Lazarus, the very one that he cast aside in the bosom of Abraham. Now, we're talking about hell and we're talking about heaven. So th th there's a place there where one is able to see what's going on. But then what happens when he tells them, he said, listen, if, if they, they get the Moses and they have the prophets to hear, because he warned him, do not come to this place. Tell my brethren, do not come to this place. He said, well, maybe you can send somebody back from the dead. So uh, Jesus says to him, Abraham says to him, so listen, if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, what makes you think they're going to believe somebody coming back from the dead? So that's how it is today. People do not believe the, 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 the apostles or the pastors, the preachers. They don't believe the word of God anymore because if they believe the word of God, then the lifestyles would be different. Amen. That they don't believe that there's a heaven and there's a hell. They don't believe that anymore. They believe this is it. Okay? Now, when we go to uh, Luke chapter number 16. Slow down, Brenda. Slow down. Now, let's look at, uh, ooh, I'm going to read verse number 25 before we get to 26. 25 says, and Abraham said, son, which is a builder, he, he calls him a son. Okay? He says, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is confident, and thou art tormented. Now let's look at verse 26. And then he goes on, he begins to explain why it could not be done what he was asking. He wanted a crossing. He wanted a connection of the two worlds. And then verse 26 says, he says, and besides all of this, between us and you, there is a great what? Gulf fixed. 
so that they which will pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that will come from thence. In other words, he said, listen, you can't pass and you can't pass to come here, nor can I pass to come there because there is this great gulf that's fixed. Now you remember now when we looked in, in, Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus tells the scribes and the Pharisees, he said the only sign they're going to see is the sign of Jonah in the whale's belly. When we discover that, that in, in the Greek, when we're talking about that whale, we're talking about an impassable gulf. So what, what, what's been revealed was the fact that Jesus did something that man could not do. That impassable gulf. So, so here it is. He said, I'm giving you a sign. You have not yet caught the sign, but I'm going to give it to you one more time. He says, what happens is I am in the heart of a gulf, right where nobody else can pass through. Only Christ can do that. You see, when we come to the understanding of what God or what Christ really went through for us, then we would not find it so difficult to show up at church on Sunday morning. We would not find it so difficult to give God praise and glory. Once we see the hell that Christ had to go through in order for us to receive salvation, then we will be glad to come into the house of the Lord. Amen. That's what David said. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us, not just individual, but let us go into the house of the Lord. So in other words, he understood his salvation. He understood the price that Christ pays. And once we do that, once we understand what Christ went through for us so we can receive our salvation, our whole mindset about serving God will change. We will not allow the cares of this world to disconnect us from the people of God, nor disconnect us from our God. See, we can talk a good talk, but the next thing is, can you walk what you talk? And so, but, but Jesus said, I'm going to do something that you cannot do. He, he's, talking, he's talking about the gulf. He's talking about that place wherein man was separated. I want to get ahead of myself. Where man was really separated from God. But man never really caught it. But it took Jesus to make the connection from hell to heaven in order to put that bridge there. Okay? We're talking about three days and three nights. In our own life, we, 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 there are times when, 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 when we are resurrected with joy. We, we, we're, we're excited and it's required. But then also there are times when there is adversity. See, that nighttime means adversity. See, it's parallel. There are times when we are high in God, and then there are times when we are going through. But the main thing, we have to stay connected to the Father. Amen? Got to stay connected. Now, let's go to Jonah, since he refers to, to the book of Jonah. He talks about Jonah. Let's go to Jonah chapter number 1. I think Jonah chapter 1 is where we want to go. Jonah chapter number one. We're talking about three days and three nights. So we've had just established that he's not really talking about a fish. He's in the belly, in the heart of that gulf that's impassable because he's trying to bring the two worlds together because he's on a mission. Jesus is on a mission. Yeah. Am I stretching your mind a little bit? Amen. Have we moved from the fish and realized it's a gulf? Amen. So, so for such a long time we've been taught that, all right? But the scripture is saying something else. That is why it's so important that when we sit down and we begin to meditate on God's word, we begin to go deep into the word. Because most time we're going to get something on the surface. Amen. 
Now, Jonah chapter number one, we're going to read verse number 17. Verse 17. Stay close with me because soon in a little bit we're going to be done. Amen. Amen. Jonah chapter number one, looking at verse number 17. It says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, how many days was the Bible talks about Christ being in the grave? How many? Three days and three nights, right? Three days, three nights. Okay. So he's talking about there's a sign. He's the only sign you're going to get. Only supernatural thing that you're going to receive that I'm going to tell you is what was already proclaimed to you by the prophets of old, but you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Now, in chapter number two of the book of Jonah, it says, uh, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Now, this word, let me read verse 2. It says, And said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me out of the where? Out of the belly of where? Of hell. All right, now. He said, He heard me out of the belly of hell. Uh, I cried. He says, and thou heardest my voice. Now, in the Old Testament, now here's something that's just, just powerful. In the Old Testament now, in the book, in Hebrew, uh, the word belly there means something that's soft. It means something, uh, uh, it means sympathy. But it also means when it pertains to man, it also means the seat of generations to come. So what, 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 what Christ was trying to reveal was when he entered into this gulf, when he entered into the stream, he is he's preparing the way for generations yet to come. That see, God had to do something even before we ever showed up on the scene. See, so so he, when it pertains to man, when now we're talking about the belly, he's talking about those the seat of the generations that are yet to come. They had never yet arrived, but see, Christ was doing some things on our behalf, and the next generations to come, and the generations after that to come, he did all that then. But see, what they could not understand, all they could see was Jonah and a fish. They could not see really what Christ was really doing. He, he often talks about parables. He talks in parables. But many times, if he wasn't just plain or don't do straight talk, well, a lot of times we miss what he's saying. Just like the Pharisees and the scribes, they had missed what he was saying. So he says, now listen, in the belly, this is the seat of the next generations to, to come, talking about man. Mankind and talked about the belly being soft, but he he goes on and he begins to talk about he cries out out of the belly of hell. So there are generations that are yet coming our way that are crying out, and so God says, "Listen, I've got to fix it because they can't cross over." You remember now, and Luke says the gulf was what it was fixed, so nobody could do it but Jesus Christ. So so now he says, he says, "I cried out of the belly of hell." See, a lot of times when we think about hell, what Christ went through, we really don't really give it a thought. It's just like a word that we say all the time, and it has no relevance anymore. It doesn't carry any power. But hell is real, and Christ experienced what we actually, or whoever goes there, will experience. Amen. So, so here he talks about hell. Now, I look the word about hell. Now, the word hell, it says in, in the Hebrew, it says, it's the world of the dead. 
That's what hell is. Hell is the world of the dead. All right. So, so, see, so, and then it's it's a subterranean a retreat. I said, my God, surely hell don't have a retreat where they celebrate. And then it goes on, and you know, and in its definition, it talks about inmates and them having their accessories. I said, my God, I know they don't have inmates in hell. God said, I'm gonna show you something. I'm gonna show you about hell. I said, okay, God. All right, I, I understand. Okay, I'm, I understand. I want, I'm, I want you to walk me on this journey that you went on. Because a lot of times we don't go on that journey like we should go on that journey, or else we will be very fearful of our God. Amen. We will have more reverence for the Lord if we fully understood what he went through on our behalf. Now, verse number two, he says, I cried out by reason of my afflictions unto the Lord. He heard me out of the belly. He heard me out of the, 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 the seat of generations to come. He heard me uh, uh, in that soft place. Because, see, I cried out. Because, see, I cried out from hell. Christ was telling him to listen. I cried out for hell just for your salvation. But yet, here you are questioning me. You want me to show you a miracle, and you've already missed the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle was your salvation. I said, okay, God, I, I, I thank you. Three days and three nights. Now, verse number three in Jonah chapter number two. Now, verse three says, for thou hast cast me into the deep. Now, the word deep there means abyss. It means a bottomless gulf. Deep, that means a bottomless gulf. When you think about that word deep, your mind can go back to, to Genesis in chapter number one when it talks about how the, how, how the water, the spirit moved upon the, the face of the waters, how the spirit moved upon the face of the waters. And, and it talks about a deep there. And so before, the, 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 before there was a, a, a creation of, of the world that as we know it, there was a world of darkness there too as well. Because see, when Satan fails, wherever he falls, there's always darkness. If Satan operates in your life, you're operating in darkness, if we can make it that plain. So, so in the beginning of that, there was that, that, that place of uh, darkness. So it, in order to bring the light, the spirit had to move upon that darkness. It's the same way in our own lives today. If we're going to see the light, we have to allow the spirit to move upon those dark places that's within our life. If we don't allow the light to move upon the darkness, that's why it's scary to be by yourself somewhere. It, 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 it's, it's just a, a fearful to, to have only counsel that you have is your own. Because nine times out of ten, you're operating in darkness and you can't see no light. That's why the Bible uh, uh, emphatically says, in the what? multitude of counsel dwells what? Safety. So if you're by yourself, you're outside of the safety realm. So, so we don't understand that. See, Satan will speak to our minds and he will tell us, okay, be by yourself. It's okay. No, separate yourself from the saints of God. That's the light. That, that, that's the light. The saints of God are barriers of the light. But we are, the Bible says we are the, uh, the light of this world. If you shut out the light, then you can't get no light. You're operating in darkness. So, so what Christ had to do was uh, allow the light to, to enter into the darkness, okay? So now he talks about uh, he was cast out of his sight. You know, you remember when Jesus cried out to his father, he asked the question, why have you forsaken me? 
See, wasn't long after that, see, he was in that, he was in that dark world. How many times have we asked God, why have he forsaken us when we're actually going through? Most of the time, it's not that he has forsaken us. It's because we have forsaken him. We have moved from God. And so, therefore, what we do is we, we, we get in our own little pity party. Yeah, we get in our own little pity party, not understanding what Christ really did for us, okay? Now, let's go back to Jonah chapter number 2, looking at verse, verse number, finishing verse number 3. He says, For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compass me about, and all thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Now, when we begin to talk about looking at those, that word billows there, that word billows there means trying to bring something to birth. So he was trying to bring something to birth on, uh, for us, but therefore everything was happening. And it talks about the, the waters, uh, the waves were, were going over him, had passed over him. And verse 4 says, Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Then he says, Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Verse 5 says, The waters come past me about. Now, when you think about this word waters here, we like to equate waters with blessings, right? When we, when we look at the Hebrew meaning of the word waters there, that word waters there means urine. It means semen. In other words, it's in what he was being surrounded by was impure. So, so when you look at that, when you look at that, you know, you know I think Dr. Manley always say when people talk about, how do I say this in, in, in a clean way? You know, if you got you if, 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 if you got a glass of water, thank you. If you got water, if you got a bottle of water, amen, and you drop some urine in this, what do you have? Do you still have uh, uh, good pure water? You, you, get, you got, thank you, Holy Spirit. You got contaminated water, amen. So you don't really have the, that which is pure. So what he was surrounded by was, nothing, was not pure. So that's why he said it compassed round about him, and he kept looking to the Father. See, this is what Jesus was going through for you and I. He, he was going through all of this, trying to bridge that, that gulf that was impassable. But yet so often we miss it. That's why we have a difficult time really serving God. That's why we have a difficult time praising God. Because if we knew the hell that Jesus Christ went through to get our salvation, we would straighten ourselves up. It wasn't a cakewalk for him. See, that's the mindset of people. That, oh, he just went to hell for me. He preached some folk and he died for me. No, he went through some things in order to get us salvation. But, but yet we treat him any kind of way. And make excuses for insanity. He didn't do that. But I'm talking about them three days and three nights for us individually that he had to go through. That he had to go through to get us our salvation. It, it talks about this, this urine, you know. It says this, this, this urine water, this, this, this semen. And, and, and I, I can't imagine the nastiness of what he had gone through. It said it compassed him, it surrounded him about. It says even to his soul. In other words, it made him sick. 
but yet he still did it. Can you imagine uh, 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 Christ who knew no sin, yet he had to take on our sin and the sins that were yet to come. Can you imagine he was sick to his soul? Do you not know sometimes we get sick to our soul, we're vexed in our soul, in our spirit because of the things that we see, because of the things that, 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 that the world brings into us and to our lives. It makes us sick. So can you imagine what Christ went through just for our salvation? It made him sick to his soul, deep in his spirit. The Bible once talked about how he groaned. He groaned. Every time we go outside of the will of God, he groans in the spirit because he knows that we know better because he has it on record. He's left it there on record that if we would just give it all to him, we can do differently than what we're doing as in the body of Christ. Don't even talk about the world, okay? We're talking about three days and three nights. Yeah, they, they, they missed it. The scribes and the Pharisees, they missed what Jesus was trying to tell them. On the sign you're going to get is what I went through in, uh, in, 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 the, in the belly, in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in that heart, in the womb of hell. That's what he was saying. And I was in the womb of hell just for you. I was in the womb of, of hell for everything that you were go, going to go through, what you're going through, what is yet to come into your life. Jesus said, I was in the womb of hell. I, I mean, I went through some things just for you. But he said, look how you treat me after all that I've done for you. The generations yet to come that hadn't even showed up yet. He went through the same thing. He paid the same price for everybody. Three days and three nights. We can't stand something for a few hours. Amen. Amen. Now, he says, verse 5, he says, The waters come passing me about, even to the soul. It talks about the death closed me round about. The weeds was wrapped about my head. He was in that bottomless gulf. I mean, you know, the, his authority, you know, feeling that he's been separated from his father, his authority was in, in question. He said, the weeds wrapped around my head, wrapped around my authority. And then, but watch what he says in verse number six, and we're almost done. Verse number six says, he said, and I went down to the what? The bottom of the mountains. He said, I went down. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. Then he says, the earth with a what? Balls was about me when? For how long? He felt like he was forever in that situation where he was. He talks about the balls of the earth. Now think about it. When we go through some little thing, we, we feel like, oh my God, we're in this forever, right? But think about what Christ went through what he did. He said the earth with her balls was about me forever. The earth with her balls. Now let's go to 1 Peter. Let's look at these balls here. 1 Peter. Thank you Holy Spirit. 1 Peter chapter number 3. Yeah. 1 Peter chapter number 3. Give us a moment to get there. We're talking about three nights in three days. 
it was required for him to do what he did. Mm -hmm. And he was walking in, in the midst of adversity. But we're talking about these balls. He sees, he says, the earth and his balls. Okay. First Peter chapter number three. Let's read verse 17. We're going to read these other verses prior to that um, place where we actually want to go. Verse 17 in 1 Peter chapter number 3. It says, for it is better. I don't know why the Holy Spirit throwing this one in. For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for what? What's the next word? Uh, what kind of doing? Well doing. Then for what kind of doing? Evil doing. See, it's the will of God, if we're going to suffer, that we suffer for well doing, not evil doing. Verse 18 says, For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might do what? Bring us to who? To God. See, with that impassable gulf, that, that was a, the connecting state. Man couldn't cross over. Because see, when 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 that 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 man that when the rich man was there that had the, everything and, and and this lifetime that was all good and he was asking just for some words just to cool his tongue because he was in torment. Abraham tells him he said no 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 see this passes away you you can't cross and I can't cross but see what Jesus did he crossed the impassable. See those things that's impossible with with man is possible with God. So what he did, he Christ did, he bridged the gap so he could bring us salvation and those others that were lost, okay? And we're going to get to that because we're talking about them earth and those balls. Because, see, there's some things that a lot of times we, we overlook or it doesn't resonate in our minds. So he says, the just suffered for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the what? In the flesh. But he was quickened by the Spirit. Then look at verse number 19. It says, by which also he went. And what did he do? He preached unto the what? The, where were the spirits? In prison. Sound like some earth got some balls somewhere. See, we, we don't have the right mind. We've we got to really understand what's going on. Jesus said, I've got to go down there and I've got to share some, some things with them. He said, I preach to those spirits. That was in prison. But then think about it. What, what spirits were they? Think about that. What spirits were they? But look what, what verse 20 says. Which sometime were what? Disobedient. When once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was preparing. Wherein few. That is eight souls were saved by what? Saved by water. Now you think about that. You're talking about many, 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 many generations. But when God got tired, when God got tired, he released that flood. And then when he released that flood, when he released that rain, only eight people were saved. That's scary. That's scary. Only eight souls were saved. Out of a whole world, only eight souls were saved. Think about now. Think about it now. Think about how many people that's on this earth now and those other worlds that we don't even know about. 
You think about the inhabitants there and just think about how mass that is, but yet only eight people was able to make it in. That's scary. That is very scary. And sometimes we, we, we want to compromise. He <laughs> Holy Spirit. We want to compromise with, with, with our walk with God, our relationship. We can't compromise. Because, see, if it was that few that made it in out of the whole world, can you imagine what's going to happen now? See, we don't think that way. We, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't think to the place of, okay, God, this walk with you, this journey that I'm on, it is a serious journey because you paid a serious price for my salvation. It's a very serious price. He's, he's in this, he, he, wants, he goes to this gulf. It's, it's impassable. And yet he wants us to make sure we connected with heaven. You know, the bosom of Abraham where there's comfort. There's comfort. But yet, sometimes we just cast him aside. He's Today he has become so irrelevant in today's society. It's like they've put it to the point of Christ is not a a necessary uh, uh, ingredient that we need in our life. That's sad. That that's sad. He's, he's, it's not necessary to to have his word or go by what his word says anymore. You know, th this is a new day. There's a new thing to know. Huh. It's the only eight folk were saved. Eight souls. So if he did it back then, do you think he has any kind of respect to persons now? He doesn't have any respect to persons. But the beauty of what God says, uh, he said, remind my people what I did for them. The hell I went through just to bring them salvation. He's, he's, in, the, he's in the heart of hell. He's in the heart of hell. He's, he's a, there, there's some things I got to do. There's some, some people that still got to, to hear. There's some spirits I still got to preach to. See, there, there, there's some balls. See, sometimes we, we say, well, hell is here on earth. No, 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 no. Hell is not here on earth. No, no, no. The Bible talks about in Jonah how he went down deep. He went to the bottomless uh, uh, mountains, talking about the bottomless gut. You know, we'll be surprised where hell really is. We'll really be surprised where hell really is. Mm -hmm. Now, he goes there and he, he preaches. Talking about those balls now. Now, let's go back to, let's go to Psalms uh, 16, I believe we want to go. Because he, it talks about how uh, he did not want to leave the Holy One in, 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 in his body of, in corruption. But let's look at Psalms chapter number 16. Psalms 16, and we're almost done. We're almost done. Psalms chapter number 16. Look at Psalms. Chapter number 16. Psalms. Psalms chapter number 16. Y'all learn anything new? Get a mystery? Y'all catch a revelation? That means you have to go a little bit deeper. You know, in, in the book of Jonah, uh, in, in that chapter 2, it talked about the earth with all her balls. Then it goes on and says, Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. Um, then he says, Oh, my Lord, my God. Now, Psalms chapter number 16, looking at verse number 10. 
this one it goes along with this uh, resurrection that, that which is required you know three days and three nights now Psalm 16 verse number 10 says for thou will not leave my soul where in hell see he, he, he Christ went and he did what he had to do in order that we would have our salvation then he says neither will thou suffer thine holy one to do what see corruption see he had to get up and the, and the reason why he had to get up is is so that we can have salvation and we can also understand that in our own lives we've got to get up too we've got to get up too we have to allow christ to rise up in us you know you no matter what we go through we cannot allow ourselves to sit down and allow the enemy to have a field day because see, he's already paid the price. He, 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 we have already become overcomers. But it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at the, the latter part of uh, going back to Jonah uh, in chapter number 2. Yeah. Going back to Jonah, chapter number 2. Remember now, three days and three nights. He didn't allow his body to, to remain in, in corruption. He allows him to, to go to this, through this impassable gulf because there were generations yet to become to be saved. Salvation has to be brought to. There were others that was been imprisoned by the bars of the earth. And therefore, Christ, I've got to go through this hell. I've got to experience this hell that they're going to go through. So let them know that they can make it. Never take our salvation lightly. So many of us have taken, the people have taken their salvation lightly. Never. Because once you understand what Christ did, it makes all the difference in the world. Jonah chapter number 2, and beginning to continue to read verse number 7 in chapter 2, it says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Not my will, but thy will be done. He, what did Jesus Christ say? If this if it be possible, let this cup do what? Pass from me. But see, he had you in sight. He had you in sight. He had you in sight. He had me in sight. He had generations to come. Uh, my grandchildren, my great-great-grandchildren, all the way down the line. He had everybody in sight. So he was willing to go through hell in order to bring us salvation. Now, he says that when my soul fainted, in other words, he wanted to give up. There was a time when he wanted to give up. And if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Look at how many times we want to give up. But then he says, not my will, but thy will be done. See, that's the mindset we've got to have. That whatever you're going through is not our will, but God, whatever your will is. And then we have to pray and ask God to give us the power and the wisdom to how to carry out his will. How to carry out his will. So he says, and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. Verse 8 says, they that observe lying vanities. Y'all see this. They that observe lying vanities. They do what? Forsake their what? All mercy. In other words, if you're going to listen to some lies, you just forsook your mercy. If you can't believe what God said, God said, you just forsook the mercy I got for you. Even though his mercy comes new every day, every day. But here he says now, he says, 
And they that observe, observe, you look at observing, lying vanities, forsake their own mercy. But verse 9 says, but I will, come on, Christ, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. What did he vow? Salvation is what? Is of the Lord. He vowed that he would go to the cross. He would go, go to the belly of hell. He, 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 he would be there. And all those things that he had to endure. Then he says, I did it just to bring you salvation. Just to bring you salvation. Three days and three nights. Think about the hell that Christ went through. The price that he had to pay for our salvation. But yet, man treats it frivolously as if it does not matter. But when you think about what he did, the impassable, something that man could not do, he did for us. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to backtrack. I, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go in reverse. I don't want to go in reverse. Mr. Moses, he, he done too much for me. You know, he paid a price that I could not pay. Even though, even though the death penalty was on me, he took, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. He took the rap. He took the rap for me. He took the rap for you. Hell. He's in the belly of hell. And we're thinking, oh, he's in the belly of the fish. He's swimming around. No, baby. He was swimming in the gulf of hell. Just for you and I. So every time we get ready to do something differently, or contrary to the will of God, or get to the point where sin doesn't matter, it's okay to sin, think about the price someone paid for you. Think about the price someone paid for me. It makes all the difference in the world. Your love for him will become that much more excitable. Because I'm telling you, he did an awesome thing. That's why the Pharisees and the scribes had a problem with it. They didn't understand the story. <laughs> they did not understand the story. They still looking for a sign. People today are still looking for a sign that Jesus is real. All you do is go outside. He's real. Everywhere you go, he's real. He's there. But remember what he did. Remember. Remember. It's such a fall away. Say this. There's such a fall away in the body of Christ. There's such a fall away. There's such a fall away. We're in the last days. We really are. There's such a fall away. We, 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 past few weeks, we, we, we've spoken to some people and talked to some people. And uh, pastors have been going through. Um, good pastors been going through and they're all saying the same thing people are falling off my people are falling off every pastor we've talked we've spoken with they said the same thing I don't know what's going on the people are falling off they're not going to church somewhere else they're just not going nowhere they're falling off What they fail to realize that, that they're only fulfilling the scriptures the Bible talks about a great fall away. We have to pray that we do not be a part of that fall away. I don't plan to be a part of that 
fall away. I don't care if it's them me and the ants up in here. I'm not going to be a part of the fall away. It's up to every individual not to be a part of that fall away. Because see, somebody has to fulfill that scripture just like Judas did. Somebody had to fulfill, even now, as Judas did back then, so somebody has to fulfill that part about the great fall away in, in today's society. Somebody has to fulfill it. Will it be you? Will it be you? Will you fulfill that part of the scripture? After what he did, after the price that Jesus paid, will we be a part of that fall away? That fall away. It's time to, to get real and stop letting the devil fool us. You go in the book, there's an answer for everything going on in our life. There's an answer. It's already been ordained. It's already been fulfilled. But my prayer is, I don't want to be part of the fall away. Because when, I, when the master comes back, I want to hear him say, well done, thy good. And what kind of servant? Faithful. I can't be faithful sitting at the house. You know, I'm a, we're done. I'm going to say this too. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting to, to listen to people uh, uh, as you're riding. And um, they had a lot of conversations going on this morning in, in the van as well with the church. And uh, Minister Mevin brought up something. It's, not, it's just now resonating in my mind. He was talking about how you need to do away with the, to solve the problem of the world is do away with with all the, the uh, electricity and all this stuff, you know, with all these connections, you know, all this power. And when you're on first onset, you know, you would think, oh, but then when you think about it, and he said something, he said something, he said so many people now think they can sit at home and watch TV. They don't, they don't have to do what the Bible says about not forsaking yourself or assembling. They can say, well, I can assemble at home. That ain't what the book says. That's not what the book said. See, they, they feel like, okay, with that television, they not my excuse is, well, I watched it on TV. Did you really? How many other distractions did you have? See, there, there, there's a lot of things that we're so easy to be distracted away from God. Make sure we're not a part of that fall away. Because Satan will give us excuse. He will give you excuse. Listen. If he won't, he won't mess with you through the week when you got to go to work for the man, right? But when he, when he come down to the, the real man on Sunday morning on your day of worship, well, he will tell you how tired you are, how you don't feel good. But let me tell you, you will get up out of that bed, whatever time it is, and go to work for a temporal check, something that is temporarily temporarily but when it comes to Sunday morning and let me tell you something the payoff for the man that comes on Sunday morning whoever worships on Saturday the payoff is far greater you got a blank check when you serve the man you see when you're serving the other man honey, your, 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 your check is limited to whatever they want to give you So we, 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 we need to look at what's really going on. We get caught up in all this other stuff that what's going on. All of this is just a distraction. He's trying to get you away from God. It's a falling away. It's a falling away. Wake up, church family. 
Wake up. I'm talking about all those that are listening on the broadcast. Wake up and see what's going on. Okay, listen to us. But listen to nothing. Get you a local assembly that you can go to. Because let me tell you something. You're going to need somebody when, when death comes to your door. You're going to need somebody to bring you comfort and consolation. And let me tell you, that man thousands of miles away, he's not going to show up at your door. He is not going to show up at your door. He doesn't even know who you are. Oh, you're somebody that's click, click, click on that TV watching it. He don't know who you are. Wake up. The body of Christ is a family. It's a family. From one hurt, we all hurt. We work together. Whatever our issues are, we work it out. But sometimes we get some crazy members in the family that don't want to do right. We do. But that's when we got to remind them, listen, hey, come on, come on. Come on, we got to stay in the race. We got to stay in the race. Got to stay in the race. Got to stay in the family. Because see, one day you're going to need something. You're going to need a member of the family. It's going to get hard out here, y'all. It's already getting hard. It's going to get worse. You're going to need a member of the family. Amen, man. I said, hold on. Oh, it's, it's important. It's important. People are getting snatched right and left. Children are getting snatched right and left. And right before our eyes, and we don't even see it. He's pulling them out. He's pulling them out. I talked to somebody yesterday, and they said, uh, I said, uh, you going to church tomorrow? Well, I got to keep peace in my home. Hell, peace in my home. What are you going to think about peace in hell when you get there trying to keep peace in something that's ungodly? What's wrong with that picture? This is why I said, wait a minute, wake up. No God, nowhere. Wake up. Look at what's going on. Look what Satan is doing. And we are still blinded as the saints of God. And we wonder, well, how did they get, why did my... You took them away from God. Same way they took, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. I know we're done. Uh-huh. Same way they took prayer out of school. You took your child out of church from hearing the word of God. So you're no different from that atheist that did not know God, that took prayer out of the schools, and you wonder why hell broke loose in the school. Well, it was because of you. They took prayer out of the schools and everything went crazy. Now we done took our children out of the church. And then we wonder why we go through our hell and spirit. I don't know what we Why are we going through it? We say, why are we going through it? Look at what's going on. All it is is Satan. That's all it is. It is Satan. That's the next generation. That's the next generation. Whatever's coming in the next generation has got to be so powerful because the enemy is snatching young people. Wake up. Look at who's doing the killing. Young people. He's snatching, he's snatching, he's snatching. We're done. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, I just, I, 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 we love you so much to tell you the truth. Love you enough to tell you the truth. And, and if we disrupted some feathers, it's okay. You know why? Because that means there's a soul just might be spared from hell. 
Teaching any and everything I hear now. Any and everything. Amen. Praise God. One more time. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. 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 Three days and three nights. Three days and three nights. Remember what he did for you. Remember what he did for us. I do want to say that um, on Friday we went and we had a visitation with Ricky. And um, he's doing good. Uh, while he was there, he had several little mini strokes. Um, thank God that uh, he was there at the hospital when he did have the mini strokes. Uh, he said the doctor told him they were coming from his headaches. That's why it's so important that you, we got some difficulties going on in our body. We need to go see somebody. They told him that uh, it, he had shown signs that there had been previous uh, many strokes he had been having. And he said, he told the doctor, he said, well, I thought they were just headaches. And the doctor said, no, they weren't just headaches. You were having many strokes. So he could have died any time. But just, just so that now at that particular point, when they were coming just like that, he said it was just pulling all down the side of his face. He was in a place where he needed to be. And he, he looks good. He's doing good. And we were just thankful and grateful that uh, he made the right decision to do what he did. Amen. And he's part of the family. Amen. He's, and let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. He's part of the family. Amen. You know, this is what I love about a family. We can, you know, family, we, we stick together. Whatever 